I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. 11 to 1 on LMFM. LMFM. What happens if you are left out of your parents' will? Do you have any rights or claim on a portion of your parents' estate? Well, a really interesting case occurred recently where a man was awarded €225,000 from his estranged mother's estate, despite the fact that he was left out of the will. We're going to be discussing the details of this case. Plus, we are answering your queries on wills. Our legal eagle solicitor, Elaine Byrne, from Elaine Byrne Solicitors in Athboy, is back on the line with us. How are you doing, Elaine? Good morning, Sinead. Great to have you with us again. Now, this is such an intriguing case that you sent on to me. Firstly, tell us the details of this. Yes, really interesting, I think. So here, the the plaintiff, so the gentleman, he was born in 1955. And as the judge remarked, in a very different Ireland. So his mother was unmarried and his father sadly died in an accident a couple of months before he was born. And he gave evidence that he believed that he was born in a mother and baby home. He was brought up then by another family to whom he was apparently given by the lady, possibly some months after he was born. Um, But there was no formal adoption in place. So the lady then, she died in June 2015 at an advanced age. And she had made a will. And under the terms of her will, she had left her house and land, which was about 70 acres, to a nephew. And she had made some other small bequests, but she hadn't left anything to the gentleman, her son. And when it came to court, the value of the estate was just under €780,000. That is really interesting because, like, you know, for somebody that had this son and from what we can gather on the reporting of this, there was some kind of a relationship. He did mention that, you know, that he had kind of obviously tracked her down and they had spent time together before being kind of estranged again. And her family very much did know about him. So to leave all of it pretty much to her extended family, to a nephew, this is very strange, isn't it? Yeah, so there was evidence and the judge accepted it that it was known within the family and the wider community that he was the son of the lady. But the judge was really clear to say that she couldn't stand in judgment of this deceased lady who wasn't there to speak for herself. And there are some really poignant facts, um, Sinead. So the gentleman said that when he travelled to play Gaelic football with his underage team in his mother's hometown, which poignantly was only 10 miles away from he lived, that she always went to watch his matches. 
Mm. And at the time, he noticed her, but he didn't know who she was. And for whatever reason, the lady didn't welcome him into her life um, when when he was older. But the the evidence, it nevertheless, it presented a really poignant image of this woman. She's probably still only in her late 30s or mm. 40s at the time, watching her only child from a distance. So the court acknowledged and empathised with the son's feelings, but equally it bore in mind that it had no direct evidence of his mother's experiences and the pressures on her, both yeah. familial and social. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's, it's, I would have thought as well, Elaine, in legal terms now, if you were left out of a will, whether you were, you know, a blood relative or not, that that was it, end of story, that you couldn't sort of fight this. Yeah, well, generally, generally it is the case, Sinead, but there's a really important section of our Succession Act, and it's section 117 of the Act, and that's what this case looked at, and that's why I think this case, you know, it's so impo- it's, it's it's interesting, but so important legally. And so the judge said that so the son ha- wasn't provided for during his lifetime or under the will. And the judge noted that there was an absence of any competing claim. And the lady herself lived quite a frugal lifestyle. Mm. She was about to leave really considerable assets to a series of nieces and nephews. So the judge really thought that she should have made some provision for the plaintiff. So as you said, Sinead, the judge said then that proper provision would be an amount of 225000 And interestingly then... The judge said that because the agricultural lands constituted by far the most valuable asset in the estate, that the sum then should be charged on those lands. So the people getting the smaller bequests weren't affected, but the nephew who was getting the the land, he ultimately would be paying this money. Okay, I understand where you're coming from with this. Right, so that's very interesting, uh, very interesting. So in terms of, you know, what are the consequences of this judgment then, say, for other children that might be in a similar circumstance to this man? Yeah, so look, there's probably lots of listeners, you know, maybe who have looked direct or indirect experience or Mm. or, um, in this situation. So I think it is... um, It's a really important case. As you said, Sinead, in general, you know, when a will is made, there's no deviation from it. So I think that in and of itself is really important. Just we mentioned at the outset there that the gentleman here, he wasn't adopted. So that's Mm. really, really important. So if he had been adopted, there wouldn't have been any case. And then just the other thing, just for listeners to be aware, is with this section 117, there's a really strict time limit. So if I have a really, I could have the best case in the world, Sinead, but if I don't get my proceedings issued within six months of the date of the grant, there's nothing that I can do. So just six months time period is really important. That's really important to know. That's really interesting. Now we're going to go back to some of our listeners' questions that we had from before. And the first one is from A.T. and P. Murphy. They want to leave their house to their only daughter, Jennifer. It's valued at 500,000. Will she have to pay tax on this? Okay. So um, when we talk about wills and about leaving property, the tax that we're always talking about is capital acquisitions tax. 
And its application then will depend on the relationship between the person giving or leaving the property and the person getting it. So for this couple then, it's going from a parent to a child. So your daughter, Jennifer, as a child, her group threshold is group A. So what that means is that she can get €335,000 tax-free. And anything above that then will be subject to tax. So your house, it's valued at 500000 So if we take away our 335000 that gives us 165000 And then that's going to be taxed. So your daughter, Jennifer, she'll have tax to pay. It'll be about €55,000. Okay. So, um, and just, you know, I suppose we often chat about wills and, you know, why might we make a will or, or not make a will? And one of the things that's really important for me, I think any listener, we work so hard for anything that we have. So something that's so important is tax planning. So to, you know, that when you're making your will to consider all of the taxes, to consider any reliefs, to consider any exemptions, because, yeah, as I say, I think we all work really hard. So we want to, to keep it within the family as yes. opposed to the tax man. <laughs> yes, absolutely, Margaret, we do. Uh, the second one we have here for you is we have three children. Two are both married with their own families. We have a third child with special needs. He lives at home with us. He has intellectual disabilities. We want to ensure he's taken care of. They, uh, these people want to put the house in his name only. They have given their other children money towards deposits for a house and feel they are sorted, but their son will need Need to have security so the house could be sold to fund his care maybe when they are gone is this advisable what should they do okay well i think the first thing i would really commend this couple for starting the process in terms of planning for the future it's difficult for us all and i think for anybody with a family member with additional needs it's more challenging So, Sinead, we spoke a little while ago, I think it was in November, and we kind of spoke a lot about um, family members with additional needs and how we might make provision for them. So at the time, we mentioned trusts. And I always say, so a trust is a, a complex legal structure, but I always say trust by name and trust by nature. So it's really important who you appoint as trustees. So I would say for this couple that, yeah, to consider setting up a trust, be really careful who you appoint as your trustees. And you can give then quite extensive powers to those trustees so that maybe, you know, the the house, maybe your son could live in the house or maybe the house could be sold to pay for his care or, you know, I suppose to give a good bit of discretion to the trustees so that whatever is right for your son, that they will be able to carry out yeah. those wishes. And and to kind of maybe have it, you know, as, as you mentioned there, you know, a third party maybe outside of his siblings as the trustees might be the better option there. Yeah, yeah, good idea. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm getting a lot coming in here. Um, I don't know if maybe we can answer this one on 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 the fly here, Elaine. But uh, can the executor of a will put in a counterclaim on the will without informing the beneficiaries of that will? Uh, please try and get this question on for this uh, message coming in here. So, can the executor of a will put in a counterclaim on the will without informing the beneficiaries of that will? So, an executor. So an executor can be both, you know, say they can be an executor and they can be a beneficiary. Okay. And I'm just wondering, so if 
say the counterclaim is related, say, to the benefit that the executor is getting, it wouldn't be appropriate then in those circumstances for the executor to act as executor. So say if, if Sinead, say you've made a will and you've named Elaine as executor and then you've made, you've given me €10,000. So if I'm making some kind of claim about my benefit or in my capacity as beneficiary, then I should step aside from acting as executor. So it, I suppose it would depend on the nature of the counterclaim. Yes. So if it's to do with the executor personally, they shouldn't be doing that without giving notice to the beneficiaries. They should step aside from acting as executor. Okay, you can't be both essentially in this scenario is what we're kind of saying. And yeah, we need, it would be a conflict of interest. Conflict yeah. of interest, absolutely. Hopefully that helps. Uh, hopefully that helps you, Message. Thank you so much. Um, now, this is going back to our one that we had uh, sent in to us before uh, that we didn't get to. My wife and I recently came into a lot of money. We decided to put it aside for our children when we're gone. One of our sons is estranged from us. Going back to this topic again there. If we include him in the will, is this going to cause problems for our other children? They don't speak to him. We still love him even though we haven't spoken to him in so long and we want to ensure he's included in this. So, look, when we make our wills, Sinead, it's really important. It is our wishes and we can take into consideration other people's views and other children's views, but it is ultimately what we want. So I would suggest, so this couple, yeah, you want to include um, this son. Look, hopefully relations will improve, but you want to include him in your will. So you can name him as beneficiary And what I would suggest, and maybe just going back to that last question, maybe don't necessarily name him as executor. So if relations aren't great, the executor is the person in charge. It's a really important role. So I think there could be difficulties if he was named as executor. But I think name him as beneficiary. And again, I think, say if if you didn't, say if you, you leave all to your three children, I suppose going back to the case that we mentioned at the outset, there is that section 117 uh, so we could possibly contest the will. Yeah, you see he could come you know, he could come back, you know, and, and contest as you've said and again maybe using an independent executor outside of the children to avoid all of this conflict might be a good idea in that situation as well Elaine. Yeah, absolutely now I would say that being an executor can be quite a challenging, quite yeah. a tough gig so you'd need to check it you know, with the proposed executor, make sure that they'd be happy to take on the role. But yeah, if you have a good executor named, it'll work really well. Fantastic. Elaine, as always, thank you so, so much for all of that great advice. Uh, Thank you so much for taking the time and joining us on the show today. Thank you, Sinead. I really enjoy our chats. I just love them. Thanks a million. Me too. Thanks a million. (laughs) Elaine Byrne, solicitors. She has her own business now. She's on the main street in Athboy in County Mead. You can get in touch with her. She'd love to hear from you if you have more questions for her. 046 9404 That's 046 9404 You can also find her website as well, elainebyrnesolicitors.ie. 11 to 1 on LMFM. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. 
Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. The secret to summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com.